Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network? One on one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network? Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. It's Sports Yak. Welcome to episode 327 of the Sports Yak Podcast. You mean the Fernando Rodney episode? Fernando! Fernando was a closer for the Detroit Tigers for a period of time. I think he also did some closing for the Los Angeles Angels during his career. He would mark a save by acting like he was shooting a bow and arrow into the sky, and that happened 327 times during his big league career. So we can hear the drums, Fernando. And you look marvelous with 327 saves. We dedicate this Sports Jack episode to you. Family Broadcasting Corporation. Well, the crowd's going wild. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer... This one will be relived... Chuck Freebie. Forever! I gotta tell you, I'm on the uh, wagon watching Notre Dame baseball. This whole storyline unfold. This is really something. I am in a text group. We call it Irish Baseball Survivors. It's basically a lot of people who at one time or another were part of the program. And then for various reasons, whether they left for other jobs or or dismissed or whatever, no longer part of the program, except for we have one one survivor who's hanging on, uh, the athletic trainer, Scott Stansberry, who himself is leaving after this season. So we're all in this text group, and I mentioned last night, by the way, it's amazing how many more Notre Dame baseball fans there are now than <laughs> at any time that I was doing the games. But that's because when you win, something to be 
cheering about. There's yeah. something successful about this team. And boy, did, has it shown. Even in the game that they lost Saturday down in Starkville against Mississippi State in this Super Regional, they played well offensively. They competed. They had a four-run lead. And the number one fielding team in America made four errors in a game, and it cost them a ball game, and they lost 9-8. And you could really see last night, especially when Mississippi State, they were made the visiting team last night for this best of three. They jump on the board, first two pitches of the game, they're up one nothing, And you think, oh boy, you know, has the bottom dropped out? And this resilient Notre Dame squad comes back, manufactures a couple of runs in the first inning on an infield single and an error, and then just plays lights out the rest of the way. Aiden Tyrell, this left-handed pitcher, who only made about five starts during the year. Mm. He got the start in the regional championship game here, and threw eight innings of shutout baseball against Central Michigan. And then turns around last night, and after those first two pitches of the game, when he gives up a triple and a sacrifice fly, I mean, he just shoved uh, Mississippi State. He threw whatever he wanted, wherever he wanted, and they couldn't figure it out. And he was magnificent for seven and a third innings. And the Irish played pretty good defense behind him last night, which is their character. And then you get big home runs from the bottom of the lineup with guys like David Lamana. David Lamana had two home runs all season. He's had three in the postseason. He's just <laughs> hot right now. And Jack Brannigan, this freshman, comes up with the big home run last night, and all of a sudden the Irish pull out this 9-1 win, and so tonight they'll play the biggest game they've played in the last 19 years because the winner of this game goes to the College World Series in Omaha. Wow. And Notre Dame's only been there twice. Once was in 1957, and it was a completely different tournament back then. And then Paul Maneri took a squad there in 2002. And other than that, there have been no CWS appearances for the Irish. They're on the verge of it tonight. I don't know if they're going to win or not, but like you said, it's been a fun ride. And let's add this to the storyline, Jarrett versus Jarrett. Well, so you've got... Poor Jen Jarrett. That's who I feel badly for. So Jen Jarrett is the wife of the head coach of the University of Notre Dame, Link Jarrett. She is also the mother of J.T. Jarrett, who is the second baseman for North Carolina State. Both of those teams were playing in Super Regionals this weekend. So I don't know what Jen Jarrett's travel schedule was. I think she stayed in Fayetteville with North Carolina State playing Arkansas through that Super Regional. And then she'll be in Starkville tonight for this game. So the way it worked for J.T. Jarrett and North Carolina State, Friday they open up in Arkansas, and they lose 21-2 to Wow! to the number one team in the land. Mm. And you, you think, okay, well, that's been a nice run. You're going to play your game Saturday, and then you'll pick up your parting gifts. And instead, Saturday, North Carolina State comes around. They win it 6-5. So last night, North Carolina State and Arkansas played game three of that series. Arkansas is up 2-0 in the seventh inning. North Carolina State gets a two-run home run. Ties the game at two. And it's suddenly, now they're sitting on pins and needles in Arkansas. 
Arkansas has the kid that's probably going to win the Golden Spikes Award for the outstanding player of college baseball. And he comes in to try to hold the line. Hopefully the Razorbacks get another run, they win. Instead, he gives up a home run in the ninth. And North Carolina State, which was, I think, third in the Atlantic Coast Conference this year, is going to the College World Series (laughs) with a 3-2 win over the number one team in the nation on their home field. Now, Jen Jarrett has her son in the College World Series. She's hoping her husband can get there tonight with a victory if Link Jarrett. And what a, what an amazing. Now, there have been fathers and sons in the College Worlds, but not on opposite teams. Wow. So that's what makes this a, a fascinating story as well. And then let me ask you, and I know you haven't watched a lot of college baseball over no. the years. What do you think of this atmosphere? In Starkville, Mississippi, for these games. How it's done. Oh, my goodness. It sets the bar for how it should be done. That is the... They bring... Did you see the guys with grills on the concourse? Mm Mm-hmm. Part of the atmosphere, part of the aesthetic of this is how we do it here. It'd be great to see that everywhere. And they're hanging over the outfield fences. I mean, it's great. I love it. And that crowd... I I will give that crowd credit. They're getting thumped. 9-1. And when their kids did something, they stood up and applauded. Mm. They stayed so, right in the game. Can I watch this game anywhere tonight? This is either on e- it's either on ESPN two or ESPN U. Okay, I don't know which one, so check both of them. But it'll be it'll be on one of those. Might have to find myself at a Wings establishment to see if they've got that channel. <laughs> ah, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, one final name here as we wrap up that conversation. Palmineri says, adios, muchacho. Yeah, he had announced before the tournament that this is his final season. And LSU didn't have a really good year this year. But they made the NCAA tournament. And then they went to Eugene and they won the regional out there. So you thought, well, <clears throat> who knows? I mean, this guy's pulled rabbits out of his hat before. He's one of only five coaches to win 1,500 games at the Division I level. He is as classy as they come in the game. And they go to Tennessee, and Tennessee's a really, really good team. They've been a top-four team all year, and they showed it over the weekend. They beat LSU 4-2 on Saturday, thumped them 15-6 last night. So Paul walks off the field for the final time, and, and what a career he's had. And, of course, a lot of it was spent building the program here at Notre Dame. And as we mentioned on the show earlier, 2002, he takes this team to the College World Series. Uh, he he does it with a minimum of resources. And then his alma mater calls and says, hey, we'd like you to come here, and by the way, we'll pay you, you know, probably about three or four times what you're making at Notre Dame. And so he goes down and wins a national championship at LSU when he was down there. So, beloved figure in college baseball, we will miss him. I hope he enjoys his retirement. It's tough to picture him retired and not in a dugout, but, you know, the time comes for everybody. Let's head to the Windy City. I got myself uh, my eyes on uh, Cubs last night. It was kind of fun to watch that whole game. It was great. What did you see? What did you like? I liked the uh, Cup Snake. 
I liked uh, a full capacity Wrigley Field. Yeah. I think that added to the players' excitement of the uh, weekend series. I love that the Cardinals lost. I love uh, this Davies kid that looks like he's maybe 17, <laughs> pitching <laughs> seven innings. And then Kimbrell coming in with that beautiful perm mullet, just bringing heat. I loved it. Well, they've won five in a row. They're still tied for first in the National League Central because Milwaukee stays red hot as well. But uh, the Cubs and Brewers have certainly put themselves some separation between themselves and the Reds and the Cardinals and starting to look like a a two-team race in the National League Central. The Cardinals have had a ton of injuries, as have the Cubs. And You might say, well, you know, why are you making excuses for St. Louis? And I'm not, but I'm just telling you, their injuries have been in the pitching staff, and I think it really shows. Whereas the Cubs' injuries have been with the everyday players, and they have enough depth on their 40-man roster that they can go down to Iowa and bring up a Sergio Alcantara, a Patrick Wisdom. Whom I like. And they put both of those guys in, and they have produced very, very well. And so they have been able to get by. Um, Now, Wilson Contreras is kind of catching every day, and I don't like that, the fact that he has to, to work so much. But I do like the fact that this team is winning with pitching and defense, much like the Notre Dame baseball team. And the fact that this Cubs bullpen, which was so bad last year, has become so good with these new faces that they've brought in. Ryan Tapera seems like a different guy this year than he was last year. They got the sheriff, Andrew Chafin, who is, I mean, I just think that he is waiting for a Corey Mann caricature of himself. <laughs> um, Kimbrell has rediscovered his fastball and his breaking ball and can throw the, the, the 2-2 curveball that he threw to Nolan Arenado that Arenado just stood there and watched like the house by the side of the road <laughs> was dynamic. And the Cub bullpen has really kind of been the, the star of this team right now. If the Cubs can get a lead to the seventh inning, they're likely not losing it. And Zach Davies last night, his last two outings, he's been what the Cubs had hoped he would be. Nice. Now you've got a four-game set in New York this week. At one point, you're going to have to face Jacob DeGrom. I think that's Wednesday, and he's been lights out this year. But remember, the Cubs swept the Mets at Wrigley Field. In fact, I think ESPN, while they don't do very much well during their broadcast, they did point out last night, the Cubs at home this year have swept the Dodgers, the Mets, the Cardinals, and the Padres. Well, that's just about all the elite teams in the National League. The only one missing from that list, quite frankly, is Milwaukee, who the Cubs struggled with early in the year. But you look at this Cubs team right now. They're playing very good baseball. And, in fact, the only team that might be playing as well as they are is on the south side of Chicago. (laughs) White Sox. The White Sox just completed a three-game sweep of the Tigers. This blew my mind, Corey. They had not had a three-game sweep of Detroit at Comerica Park since 2008. Oh, they were in Michigan this weekend, weren't they? Yeah. Okay. And as we know, Mm. the Tigers have had some really bad teams during that time. Right. So you would think by accident at some point you'd get a three-game sweep. Now, they may have had a four-game sweep in there, uh, but they didn't have a three-game sweep of Detroit since that time. 
And again, it comes down to pitching and defense. The White Sox have had terrific starting pitching this weekend from Dylan Cease, and then yesterday Carlos Rodon took a no-hitter into the seventh inning that Eric Haas finally broke up with a double after Rodon really should have had a strike three call on a slider that he threw. And Jose Abreu with a couple of RBI because that's what Jose Abreu does. He's putting up MVP-like numbers again this season. And the White Sox now have a five-and-a-half game lead over Cleveland in the American League Central, and everybody else is so far out of it. it that's a two-horse race as well, and the Sox are starting to look a little bit like Secretariat at the Belmont. I see some very, very familiar names in high school baseball news. We have, I was thinking about this over in the other studio this morning, we have four teams that are still participating in high school sports so far this year. In golf, well, there might be more golf teams up in Michigan, but in golf, the Penn golf team will play in the state finals this week. And in Michigan, Lakeshore Baseball has been red hot. They are traditionally a state contender, and they have reached the final four of the Division II tournament. Uh, They're waiting to see who their opponent will be this weekend. I believe they play on Friday in Lansing. And they're, they're playing terrific baseball right now. The Lancers, for years, have been very good. No exception this year. They have breezed through the Division II tournament, and they look very strong. Buchanan is ranked number one in Division III, and the Bucks have been a force to be reckoned with this year. They have the BCS Division Player of the Year in Matthew Hoover, but they have a lot behind him as well. And it's really been a great spring in Buchanan because the softball team is in the quarterfinals as well. They managed to work their way through the Division Three tournament into the quarterfinals, and they'll play tomorrow. So lakeshore and buchanan really carrying the banner for southwest michigan right now and and hopefully they'll both have good weeks here comes the ignorant question of the podcast sorry no it's fine final four in baseball work the same way as basketball yes so they'll play friday in lansing if they win play saturday they play saturday in the championship yeah okay so you have to kind of budget out your pitching a little bit but they've had to do that throughout the tournament that's nothing That's nothing particularly new. In fact, lots of times in the tournament, you'll play two games in one day. So in this case, they get the benefit of only having to play one game each day, and that should be a little bit easier for them. Does Buchanan play in Lansing as well? I believe so. I would have to double-check. That might be in Battle Creek. Okay. All right, what's next here? Reggie Glan. I do not recognize this name. Reggie Glan is a Hall of Fame coach who... Basically was at Marion for about 20 years and won 165 games with the Knights, uh, took them to many semi-states, was never able to get over the hump, get to a state finals, but he had some great teams at Marion and, and basically rebuilt that program. He's been out of coaching for a while. Mike Davidson has now been the head coach at Marion for, well, this will be his fourth season this year. Reggie always kind of wanted to try to build a football program at Ancilla and try coaching up at the next level. And he'd been working at Ancilla for the last two or three years. But I think he could kind of see the handwriting on the wall and say, 
that's not going to happen. So he wound up moving to Trenton, Michigan, applying for a high school coaching job up there and got it. And he will be the new head football coach at Trenton High School, which is about, oh, 30 minutes south of Detroit. It'll be different for him, but I think he's excited to – he still has coaching in his blood. I think coaching and broadcasting are very similar in that once you get that bug, it's kind of tough to get it out of you. Yeah. And so I think Reggie still wanted to see what he could do as a head coach and decided to go away from this area and try it up in the state of Michigan. It'll be interesting to see how he does. He's always been a, a coach that runs the option, loves running that style of offense, and lots of times that is an offense that is very quick to be learned by your players and can give other teams problems. So we'll keep an eye on him and see how he's doing, but I know there are a lot of people that follow Reggie in the area, uh, big fans of his. He's a great guy, class act, and we wish him nothing but the best up in Michigan. Let's end our sports segment with the NBA playoffs. Where are we at? How much have you been watching? Glances. Okay. Yeah. That That's probably best. Uh, Phoenix won last night. Nikola Jokic apparently got a controversial flagrant, flagrant foul for the English-speaking listeners in the third quarter, and that pretty much iced it for Denver, and they were swept by the Suns. I read some pretty salty Reggie Miller tweets this morning. He was uh, trending. They did oh, really? not like his broadcast last night. Oh, yeah. okay. Which I, I caught off guard. I've, I've, I don't know that I've heard too many unkind words about him, but it, it did not go well, apparently. So, uh, 125-118 was the final for Phoenix over Denver last night. So the Suns move on to the Western Conference Finals, awaiting the winner of the Utah Clippers series. Utah leads that series two games to one, game four tonight in Los Angeles. Uh, the Clippers looked very good on their home floor the other night. If there's a team that can knock off Utah, I think the Clippers have the talent to do it with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I'm not a big Paul George fan, but he did play well in Game 3 of that series, and it did make a difference. Meanwhile, in the East, boy, this Milwaukee-Brooklyn series has turned around since Milwaukee got to come home to Wisconsin and play a couple of games, and now the series is tied at two, and the question now in that series for Brooklyn is the health status of both James Harden who seems to be improving after an injury, and Kyrie Irving, who had to leave the game yesterday with an ankle injury, that would leave, if Harden and Irving are both out, that leaves Kevin Durant with a bunch of people. and (laughs) (laughs) Other players. With other players. And I'm not sure if you take Kevin Durant and a bunch of other players without Harden and Irving that he's necessarily going to be better than Giannis with the Bucks. So we'll see how quickly Kyrie is able to recover, if Harden is able to get back in the lineup, uh, because all of a sudden Brooklyn looks like a team in a little bit of trouble out in the East. Meanwhile, Philadelphia and Atlanta, that series, the Sixers lead at 2-1. It's in Atlanta tonight, but Atlanta did not look good on its home court over the weekend. And so we'll see if the Sixers now, with a healthy Joel Embiid, are able to put the Hawks at bay and Philadelphia looking maybe like the favorite in the East as the world turns in this little NBA soap opera. All right. Overrated 
underrated. What do you have? I had this discussion with my wife and daughter on a walk yesterday. Okay. And I'm curious to see. This will be kind of a lightning round. Follow-up question, which daughter? Mary. Okay. And um, this will be kind of a lightning round for you here I'll just, and for me. I'm just throwing you overrated or underrated. Fast okay. food pizza chains. Okay. So We have rather, 13 of them in my town. <laughs> rather than insult <laughs> or praise our local pizzerias. Just the fast food chains that no matter where you live in our area or Mm -hmm. if you're listening to this in Chicago, hello, uh, you will be familiar with, I'm sure, all of these. So let's start with Pizza Hut. I would say previously underrated with the buffet and uh, the sit-down dining experience. That has gone away. It's hard to find that type of Pizza Hut anymore. Yes. Overrated. I would agree. Um, Way too cheesy for my taste. The sauce is rather indistinctive. Uh, I do appreciate that they've got this variety of crusts now, but not, not necessarily a fan. Papa John's. We don't get that very often. Uh, I don't mind the sauce that comes with the pizza, the little uh, garlic, uh, whatever. I like but um, I would say down the middle. I, I, yeah, down the middle. I would say overrated as well. I've kind of swung on them from underrated to overrated. I just don't. I think the quality of the product has gone downhill over the years. Okay, but that's my personal opinion. It will keep us, I'm sure, from getting a Papa John sponsorship. There wasn't one coming anyway, so I don't care. (laughs) Little Caesars. Uh, Our family uh, could own stock in Little Caesars for a while there, especially when we got one on uh, Bittersweet out by where we live. Um, Actually underrated. I don't mind the the four-corner square little $5 deal you can get uh, in the deep dish. I, I don't mind that at all. I still go with overrated. I know it's hot and ready for you. I know it's cheap. To me, it tastes like it's cheap. Uh, I would not. I would not go there if I had the choice. Okay. Domino's. Uh, same thing with Papa John's. It's a rare occasion. We have one on the corner as well. Um, I've seen how the sausage is made. If you know what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. So I, 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 I choose to not have it oh, at all. Okay. So overrated. See, I would go underrated. Yeah. And now, when I was in college. Domino's was that cardboard pizza that you got uh, when maybe you'd had one or two or eight. Now, I think the quality of it has improved somewhat. Okay. And I like their crust. And I Domino's is, and for the price that you're paying, mm-hmm. as opposed to what you pay for a Papa John's or a Pizza Hut, I think you're getting a better quality. Okay. So I would go underrated there for Domino's. But, again, our experiences are different. And and I don't know how familiar you are with this one, but we have one near our house, and that's Marco's. I've never had that. Okay. Nope. Uh, I would say Marco's is kind of a down-the-middle okay. pizza. Let's go super local. Top three. Go. Rocco's number one. Agree? I would put, if you're in Elkhart, I would put 
the Volcano Pizza over there. Not to be confused with the Volcano on Lincoln Way in South Bend out by the airport. That is a different... Yes, different ownership. But I would put the Volcano's number two. Ooh, it's, it's tough between Bruno's and Barnaby's for me. I would go Barnaby's just because of the lighter crust. Okay. Number three. I'm going to go Rocco's number one. I'm going to go Silver Beach Pizza oh, number yeah. two, which we had Saturday. Then I'm going to go, and I enjoy going there, Tony Sacco's number three. Oh. I enjoy a little Tony Sacco's. And a contender, honorable mention, Mod Pizza in Elkhart on six, right in front of the Walmart I've there. I've heard good things. Yeah, I like. I, we like eating there. Have not experienced. Yeah, we like eating there. So there you go. And, and we'll say frozen pizza for another day. <laughs> That's a whole different podcast. Turkey. Yes. Yes, it is. Your one-hit wonder update this morning. You're voting on Carl Douglas versus Michael Damien. Well, like, Carl Douglas, wasn't everybody kung fu fighting? Uh, Them dudes were fast as lightning. <laughs> In fact, it was a little bit frightening. Uh, well, what's the next verse? Or is that it? I'm not sure. Uh, versus Michael Damien. You might remember him from way back in the day on The Young and the Restless. His uh, cover song, Rock On, truly a one-hit wonder. Uh, last week, Afternoon Delight, uh, beating Sinead O'Connor. As well, it should. Afternoon Delight's a juggernaut, folks. Don't You Forget About Me, Simple Minds, beating Missing You by John Waite. Yes. I would agree with that. That should, too. I'm Too Sexy, unfortunately, advancing over pop music by M. Oh. Seasons in the Sun, beating Ring My Bell. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we're up to date. All right. The we one- had joy. We had fun. We had Seasons in the Sun. It's it's funny how a song about death can be so <laughs> uplifting. Such a hit. Yes. Such a hit. You're on Twitter, right? I am at 46 Sports. Update on the check mark. Not yet. Haven't heard. <sighs> Haven't been emailed one way or the other from the good folks at Twitter. I'll be on there as well. My name is Corey. You have uh, a check mark? Uh, yes. No. I don't. No. No. I'm. I'm a bottom feeder. I'm a bottom feeder. Well, there are plenty of those that have check marks, my friend. Bottom <laughs> feeder. Pippi, line one. Pippi. <laughs> uh, also, Sports Yak with two Ks, where you can find the one hit wonder poll, yes. voting, uh, vaulting, whatever you want. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga Fernando. Fernando. Do you hear the drums? We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sport Check. Sport Check. Sport Check is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.